Oh, man. It was fun watching them, but it was fun watching some of you. You know. Yeah, you were doing all the words, all the motions, loved it. Um, some of you, if you haven't had children yet, but one day you have them, this will make sense. It all of a sudden becomes a big deal. And uh, yeah, you'll, you'll be up here with your phones. Anyway, hey, thanks for making it through the, uh, you know, the frozen tundra, this, this blizzard that we're in the middle of. Um, so uh, thanks for being here. It looks like it's not sticking, so you can uh, get home safely on the roads. But you know, a little bit of snow in the Portland area. The world stops. But uh, so thanks for, for being here today. Um, we're continuing our series on peace during Christmas. And, uh, you know, we know that, okay, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Angels, we're told, you know, said, hey, we, you know, we're introducing the Prince of Peace who brings peace to all generations, and we think of peace during Christmas, but we just don't experience it. So we're going to go after it. We're, we're uh, started this series, and it's just some very practical ideas to say, hey, let's fight for peace this Christmas. And, and we're talking about peace in our souls. And, uh, you know, one of the normal things in life, the response that you get when you ask people, hey, how, how's things going? Is I am so busy or I am so tired. I'm exhausted. I'm just so something. And, and, and all during the day, as you listen to the radio, you turn the TV on, there's commercials and they're telling you, more, more information. They're saying that you need to buy more, you need to do more, you need to accomplish more, you need to be more. There's just more, 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 more. Then it's this time of year where there's more put on your schedule. There's more demanded of your pocketbook. There, there's more things that you have to figure out how we're going to deal with this stuff in life. And we're just kind of used to it. And so today, um, we're just going to challenge that thought. We're just going to challenge. It's like, do, is that how God wants us to live? Is that how we're going to flourish? Uh, because we can say, yeah, super busy. And we have this kind of idea that that's almost like a, you know, a badge of honor. Because that translates into I'm important. I get things done. I'm, I'm so busy because so much is demanded on me because I am a gifted person. And so we, we kind of use it like, okay, almost like, um, yeah, I am worthy. Um, I am productive. I am not just taking space in the world, but I'm getting things done. And so we kind of have that natural connection to it. And then we naturally think busy is just normal. And so when I say I'm busy, I'm saying that, you know what, my, my capacity in life is being maximized. I mean, I am just living on the edge. I, 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 all my energy, all my mental capacity, all my emotional ability is being just tapped to its fullest. It's awesome. And as a result, we're miserable. As a result, we're, we're, we're just full of anxiety. We're, we're tired. We miss some things that are happening around us just because I just don't have any left to give. And so um, we're, we're gonna just look at that today and say, how can we experience peace? Is it possible 
to be able to experience peace in this world when what is a normal life sometimes really isn't sustainable. And so we're going to think about that. Sometimes we feel like Job, and this is uh, one of my favorite verses in the book of Job, Job 3.26. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, and trouble keeps coming. You relate to Job? I mean, some of us, that is, that's kind of it. Man, I'm busy, I'm doing a lot, but I'm not at ease. My heart's not quiet. I have no sense of rest and just uh, unexpected and trouble keeps rearing its head and demanding things of me. And so here's, here's the uh, first point that I want us to remember and leave here with today and maybe have it change our lives. And the first thought is peace has a pace. Peace has a pace and it requires margin. A margin, white space in our lives. A margin is uh, the space between my load and my limits. My load physically, my load with my time, my load with my capacity to put mental energy to something, my load to be able to emotionally connect with others. What's the dist distance between my load and my limits? That's margin. And we think, kind of naturally, that there should be no margin. I want to be all I can be. That means, fill me up, man. I'm just, just pile it on, and uh, I can handle it. Because God says, I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength. And that is a total misuse of that verse. Okay, he's not saying what you're understanding there. He's saying, you know what, uh, God has for you the capacity to be who he made you to be. And uh, as we start looking at who he made us to be, we find out that it requires margin. Because we just can't go, 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 go and be the person God wants us to be. Because there needs to be time in there. There needs to be reflection in there. There needs to be time in God's presence. There needs to be time in order to engage with people at the level that he wants us to engage with. And, and without margin, we do not get to enjoy the depth of life that we were meant to enjoy. And so peace has a pace and we need margin. Margin is at the end of the month having some money left over. Margin is um, I have to go someplace and it takes me 20 minutes to get there and I have 30 minutes. You got 10 minutes of margin. Margin is uh, coming home and having people in your house uh, start coming at you with their trauma and their needs of the day and their emotional um, uh, expression of this is what's so upsetting to me. And margin is you have the capacity to listen and to help and to engage and understand. Uh, margin is time to think and reflect and dream. Margin is being able to sit quietly with God and say, man, teach me from your word. What do you want me to know about you and myself today? Th those things in life are things that God says he made us to enjoy and will um, allow us to be who he wants us to be. 
And many times we do not understand and not aware of the, dif the difference between our load and our limits. Um, in some things in life we are. Some things, you know, physically you could say, okay, today if there was an emergency in this room and you needed to carry somebody out on your back, um, could, you, could you do that? And for most of you, you would say, yeah, I could do that. Some of you are saying, no, the, the, you know, my load and my limits were if I could get out of this room you know, by myself. But, but you, know, you know, like some of you can say, okay, I can carry one person. Okay, could you carry 10 at one time? Well, no, there's no way I could do that. I would be squashed. I, I just don't have the capacity to be able to lift 10 people at once. And you know that, that's easy. Emotionally, it's not as easy. You know, it, it, you know, we have the little gauges in our car and it says, okay, you're out of gas. You, need to get, you know, the light comes on. That means I have three gallons left. I can go this far. And, and you, you're given warning about things in life. Emotionally, we're thinking that would be nice. Wouldn't that be nice if we knew that I'm just kind of getting burnt out before I burnt out? Or I, I just don't have the, the, the uh, capacity emotionally to be the parent I need to be with my family right now because of the pace of my life. And it would be nice to have warning lights, you know, in our lives emotionally. And I want you to know that you do. Um, it's called pain. You know, it's called um, losing your temper, being impatient, having uh, no time or energy to deal with the problems of somebody in your family. I mean, all of those, having anxiety, not, not experiencing joy, all of those are warning lights saying, hey, uh, you're not doing well, you're not doing well, and you probably should put some margin in your life. And so now we can go, okay, I'm, I'm aware of the warning lights, um, but I'm not sure what to do about them. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to look at Luke chapter 10. And in Luke chapter 10, there's two stories that I want, want us to look at. The first one is the story of the Good Samaritan. And it's where Jesus is saying, uh, here's the most important thing in all of life. So it's like, whoa, okay, this is going to be good. Love God and love others. Wow, that, that kind of sums things up. Love God, love others. Okay, what does loving others look like? What does it mean to love my neighbor as myself? And so then he tells a story called the Good Samaritan. And it's about this Jewish man who's on a road. He's traveling from city to city. This road is known to be dangerous because um, people get mugged on it. And sure enough, he gets mugged. And not only is his, um, what, what he has as far as his resources and stuff taken, but he's beaten and he's just left there. He, he can't help himself. He's left there to die alongside the road. And then a couple of Jewish people come by and um, they happen to be religious and they see this guy, but they go, oh my gosh, you know, I would you know, love to help, but um, I am busy and I've got to get at this place at this time and I just don't have the time to do it. And one of them's thinking, you know, if I touched him even, I'm a religious person. I'm about to go do religious ceremonies at the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. And me just touching him would make me unclean. And so I, I just can't afford to, to do that. I just don't have the time. I have to go make God happy. So I'm ignoring you. And so that was their mentality. Uh, another man comes by and he's a Samaritan, which, you know, doesn't mean a lot to us. But in that time, th they were the most um, at odds people with the Jews. 
that they didn't like the Jews. The Jews hated them, looked down on them. I mean, very arrogantly looked down at them as low lives. You know, you, you are barely human. And this Samaritan sees this Jewish man who's been beaten alongside the road and he engages. And this is what it says in verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. You know, compassion. Just being able to see something and have, be moved with compassion uh, means you have, need to have margin. If you don't have margin, you see things and you think, yeah, I should be moved by that, but you're not. I don't have time, I don't have energy, I just gotta worry about keeping you know, one foot in front of the other and keeping myself going. But this man had compassion to somebody who was an, an enemy, but was hurting. Verse 34, and he went to him and he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. So he's got, he has some resources and he's using them. He's got, he's got margin in his resources. And then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. 35, and the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. And so what God's saying is um, to be the person that I want you to be and be the, the most important thing I'm I, I saying that you should be in life is to love God and love other people. And that means you need to have margin because you need to have the, the capacity to recognize need. You need to have the capacity to know I have margin to step into that need and to be able to serve and love other people, even unexpectedly. And so that's what um, Jesus is telling us here, because if we are in a hurry and we don't have money and we don't have emotional energy, we are not gonna be the people what God wants us to be. And for, then Luke, who's writing this about the life of Jesus, then goes on and says, um, from there he went and he went and visited some friends. And he says this in Luke 30. Uh, 10:38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. This was um, Martha and Mary and Lazarus were good friends of Jesus. So he's going to friends' house and spending time with them. Verse 39. And she, Martha, had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted, which with much serving. And so, this is a um, kind of a special thing, you know, think about this. Jesus coming to your home and you have a chance to have unhurried time just listening to him, asking him questions, listening to him teach. And so Mary takes advantage of the situation and turns it into a moment. And Martha says, I'm gonna do something good. I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna serve because that's what I should do. And, and she says she's, and it says she's hurried and she's bothered because there's a lot of things distracting her when Jesus is in her home. And so um, Mary takes unhurried time with Jesus. Martha does a good thing, right? She serves. I think Satan would like us to be really busy with so many good things that we're just super, super busy. You know, I think for most of us, Satan's goal is not to make us really, really bad. I think it's to make us really, really busy. 
Because then we'll never be the people that God made us to be. We'll never be sensitive to the spirit of God in our life to respond to needs of others. We'll never be sensitive to grow in areas that God wants us to grow. And so I think if, if Satan can make, him, make us really, really busy, he's, uh, he's one up on us. And he's robbing us from the people that God wants us to be. Now, how many of you have come home from work and, uh, you know, you're tired, it's been a busy day, and you're kind of running on adrenaline still, but your, your mind is fully engaged in work still. And so much so that there's things going on, and so you're checking your phone, and you're answering emails and, and responding to texts, and, um, and you're sitting down and not really aware of what's going on around you in the home, and then your five-year-old comes up to you and says, uh, Mommy or Daddy, uh, will you play with me? And maybe for a split second you think, oh, that's, man, isn't, isn't he cute? You know, he's a cute kid. Uh, but, uh, you know, son, I'm really busy right now. Um, maybe, maybe in 15, 20 minutes I can do it. But right now I'm busy. Okay, so we're coming home from work. And there needs to be a reality in our lives that, you know, work is not the only thing that should get our best. You know, it's, it's easy for us to think, um, I need to give my best at work. I, I need to just maximize my gifts and abilities, my skill set, um, work hard so I can accomplish much. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with work. In fact, work was created before the fall, so work's not a result of sin. But God says work is something you are made for, all right? So I'm not saying, you know, and if you, if you don't like to work and, you know, you, you, you like being lazy, you might be thinking, hey, Bill is speaking my language today. You know, I just need to do less. No, I'm saying no, no, you need to work, all right? We need to be, I mean, we were built to be productive people. But we can get out of whack. And we can think, you know what, what God wants me to be the best at and to give my best, I need to sleep well, I need to eat right because I need to do my best at work. And God's saying, uh, you need to be your best for your spouse. There is no human relationship that is more important than the person you're married to. None. Your clients, your boss, none. Behind that, your kids. So who do you need to be your best for? You see, when you get home and you leave work and you're home and there's your spouse and there's your kids, um, they are not the distraction. Your work is the distraction. We need to have margin in our life so we can be the best in the relationships that God says are most important. That takes margin. That means I gotta put boundaries in my life. I gotta stop work so I can be the best for the people who I love most and God says are the most important relationship I ever have, I'll ever have. And yet we just think, I gotta be busy, 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 busy. And God's saying, uh, not as busy as you think. You need margin in your life. Verse 40 of Luke 10, and she went up to him, she's Martha, the one that's serving, the one that's distracted. And she says to him, Lord, 
Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her that she needs to get up off her buns and do something. Well, that's my translation. Tell her then to help me. Martha is fully convinced she's doing the right thing because she's doing a good thing, right? She's serving. I think this is the number one problem that you're going to have with this message today. It's the same problem that Martha has. She's convinced she's right. She's convinced that, you know what, I need to go, go, go. I'm not going to sit down and, and take advantage of an incredibly unique opportunity I have. But I'm going to serve because serving's good. And so if it's good, I need to go. And go, go, go. And she's missing what's most important. But she's thinking, you know, being anxious, being serving, you know, why aren't other people helping me? We all need to be doing this. She's thinking that is necessary and right. And we live our lives maxed out, trying to match our, our, our load to our limits, and we're thinking it's right. And we're not right. We're believing a lie. And we're becoming people that God doesn't want us to be. And we're not becoming the people that God wants us to be if we had boundaries in our lives and if we had built some margin in our life. So don't buy the lie that Martha's having when she's thinking, I am totally right in how busy I am. No, that's not right. Peace is robbed when we believe life without margin is necessary. Peace is robbed when we believe life without margin is necessary. You ever find yourself talking to God and thinking, God, um, you know, you give me all these opportunities in life and I'm very thankful for them, but I am so busy accomplishing all these things that I think you want me to do and I'm just spent. You know, so will you give me more energy? Will you give me, you know, I, I'm going to have, I'm going to have less sleep. By the way, we have, we sleep two and a half hours less than our ancestors did 50 years ago. Every night. You know, Progress, we'll have you know, more free time, more resources to just relax and enjoy life, and yet we're sleeping less, we're more anxious, um, we have more mental health problems, and we're thinking, yeah, this is normal, we gotta keep doing this, this is right. It's like, no, it's not. It's not right. We're out of whack. We need margin in our lives. Um, God, just give me more, I have no choice. I have no choice but to be this busy. I mean, the opportunities are coming. I know they're from you. I have no choice but, but to be running so fast and having so little reserve relationally, emotionally. And I hope you're here today that you're believing a lie. The person putting that on you is you. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, I, there's no way I can stop working um, when I get home. And I know sometimes that that is true because something's due the next day and you got to get it done. Um, but a lot of times that feeling is a lie that you're telling yourself. You know, around here, I'm, you know, I'm a ministry. The staff are a ministry. We start new ministries. And then we think, well, now that it started, we can never stop it. And that's not true. That's not true. I mean, we, we need to have the wisdom to make some decisions 
to stop some things in our lives. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But here's the deal. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's at this pace. Everybody's burning out. Everybody's living beyond their means. And we think, that's normal. That's how I'm supposed to live. And God says in, in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Recognize and call out assumptions that are lies. And start thinking, okay, what's true? And I want to live like that. God's saying, hey, there's a wide road that everybody's going down, and you don't go on that one. You go on the narrow road. You go through the narrow gate, not the wide gate. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Change your assumptions. Stop believing the lies. And, and those ruts are deep, right? Living a marginless life, that, that's a deep rut in our lives. And so one of the things we need is we need margin in order to think about it or to reflect on it or to think, what does that mean for my life? How are things going to change? So transform our thinking. Luke 10, verse 41, and, but the Lord answered her, Martha, 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 you are anxious and troubled. Why? Because she's doing a good thing. She's really, really busy. But you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Martha, you're busy doing good things, but you're too busy because you're anxious and you're troubled and you're not taking advantage of the situation to sit down and learn from me. Peace follows margin when we trust God more and do less. When we trust God more and do less. Now listen to this. Um, well, first of all, some of you are thinking, yeah, Bill, you don't live in my world. I mean, you're a pastor. You work Sunday. You know, I work all the time. And you don't know what it's like, Bill, to, you know, to carry pressure and to, and to have expectations on you and, and, and to you know, just have a lot of pressure that you're carrying in leadership. And I want you to know you got kind of a messed up view of what, what pastor is. But, um, but we can all carry that. You know, it's kind of like when your sixth grader comes home and they're distraught over an argument they had with a friend and you're thinking, this is nothing. You, you have no idea. This is nothing. But the truth is, to your sixth grader, it's everything. It's everything. And you know, we may have more time than somebody else or less time than somebody else. But for us, we feel like we're running a million miles an hour. We have no peace. Because we're anxious and we're troubled. Like Martha. And so what God's saying is, hey, you have a choice. You have a choice. It's your choice on how you're going to live and if you're going to put margin in your life. Because you can choose to put margin in your life. And the problem is, it's a faith problem. Because I'm thinking, if I cut some things out of my life that I'm doing right now because I feel like I have to, if I cut those out of my life, I'm going to miss out on something. 
Because if I get those done, I get them done well, it's going to deliver this for me, or a sense of satisfaction, or a sense of meaning or purpose, or it's gonna uh, create an income that's going to generate a standard of living that all of a sudden I will have peace and contentment in my life. And God's saying, uh, no, those things are not going to deliver what you're thinking they're going to deliver. Trust me with the pace of your life. And we're saying, I can't, because I gotta pursue these things in order to get things done for them to deliver the things that are gonna satisfy my soul. And there's a word for that, and it's called idolatry. God's saying, you're not trusting me. Your hope is in something else. And so you're chasing something at a pace that I'm saying, this is not good for you. And so trust me. Trust me that I'll get done what needs to get done when you are putting margin in your life so you can take care of other things in your life, including your own soul. Trust me. Do you trust me? Do you trust me enough to live differently than how you think everybody else is living around you, everybody else who's not doing well? Here's some thoughts about a solution. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus talking. We want rest? Well, that means we just got to work more until one day I'll have so much money I can rest. And God's saying, no, at that point, you're going to have money, but you're still not going to rest. You'll still be anxious. You'll be anxious about preserving that money. You'll be anxious about the stock market going down. You'll be anxious about, do you need to get another job? You'll be anxious about lots of stuff because you haven't learned to rest in me. And so he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me, you single parents. Come to me, you who are stressed out. Come to me, you business person who's just thinking, if I don't, if I slow down, I'm going to lose everything. Come to me, mom, who has no margin. Saying, have margin enough in your life to listen to me. To spend time with God, to be in his presence. Man, Jen last week just was so good. Talking about Sabbath. One of the things that just convicted me with what Jim was talking about was just knowing Jen. If you know Jen, and she shared this, but if you know Jen, you know she is type A off the charts. She, just, she does not want to rest. She rests by going home and cleaning. You know, she, she, she just wants to get things done. And she, she just wants to keep moving. And yet she shared from her heart how a Sabbath rest, the rhythm of a Sabbath rest, has made her a better wife, better pastor, a better parent. Something that came really unnaturally to her. So we need to establish rhythms in her life that... Um, don't come natural. You're not going to drift into them. So here's just a couple ideas for you. Um, put space in your schedule. And if you're taking notes and you're writing that down, you circle the word put. Uh, if, you're, if you're starting to get this and you're thinking, yeah, the Holy Spirit's kind of convicted me about this, you don't need to pray about it anymore. Okay, you don't, I mean, God spoke to you. Stop praying. And, and you don't need to say, well, I just hope it happens. No, you, you, you have to step into your schedule 
and decide what's coming off. Put margin in your life. How does that look? Let, let me give you some ideas. I mean, practice a Sabbath. I mean, go back and listen to what Jen's talked about last week and uh, start. And maybe, you know, in your life with young kids or whatever, you know, it's like, man, two hours a day, um, I'm going to do a swap with another parent and I'm going to watch their kids for two hours. They're going to watch my kids for two hours every week so that I can have a Sabbath rest. And I'm going to listen to God about, hey, what would be good for my soul? And I'm going to do that in those two hours. Um, find five minutes during the day and uh, get quiet, get someplace where you're not going to, you know, not likely to get interrupted, turn off your phone for five minutes and sit before God, take a few deep breaths and just say, God, I am so grateful that you walk with me every day and uh, I want to hear you. I mean, a lot of stuff going on today too much important things, too many important things are going on today for me not to stop and listen to you. Take five minutes. You know in that five minutes you're breaking some idols. You're breaking the idol of I have to be moving in order to feel good about myself. You're breaking the idol of if I don't get it done, it will never get done. And you're saying with those five minutes, I'm trusting God even though I'm not productive in the way that I think about production. I mean, trust God. Put just even small amounts of time and have that grow over time. Stop social media. I mean, I know we told you, hey, sign up for social media. Follow us on Twitter. And they're what, you know. Um, uh, two years ago, I stopped. You know, I, I felt the pressure to be on social media. You know, I'm... I, leader in the community, I need to influence. And, uh, but every time I was on it, I was on it longer than I planned to be on it. And when I got off of it, I felt bummed. I don't know why, but just seeing people's lives and, and knowing some people and knowing the life they're portraying and knowing the life that they really have and, and the need to put up a face and then the anger you know I just this is not good for my soul and I just quit and I got time back and I got emotional um, margin back uh, put your phones away when you go home you know when dinner have everybody stack their phones I know people have, you know have a basket on their kitchen counter and at dinner time Everybody's phone, everybody's smart device is in that thing. And, uh, and they take, you know, a four-hour fast from it for the rest of the evening. Um, you can get time back. You can get margin back in your life. I'm saying, okay, uh, two nights a week, I'm not going to watch TV. I mean... That can give you margin back. That can give you time back. That can give you relational energy back. There, there's things that we can do. No work, e no work emails um, from dinner on. Uh, there's things that we can do that is not going to destroy us, but will actually add margin into our lives. 
So think about those and then put margin in your life. Write it in your calendar, okay? Put it in there. It is not going, you're not gonna drift into it. You're not gonna just one day go, oh, look it. My life is so full of margin now. It's like, that's not gonna happen. I mean, people will be putting demands on you, which leads me to the next thing is use wisdom. Use wisdom in deciding what goes into your schedule. Some of you have time, but you just don't use it well, so you're always anxious. You're always feeling busy, and you never have a sense of of rest for your soul. It's because you're not wise with how you're using your money, or how you're using your time. And so what do we do? Somebody says, hey, are you free uh, next Friday evening? So we look at our calendar. Yeah, I'm free. What are we gonna do? you know, if there's not something already in that spot, you think, oh, well then I should do whatever you're asking me to do. That's the, that's the wrong response. It shouldn't be, oh, do I have some, a slot open? It should be, I have a slot open. What's the wisest thing for me to do at that time? And it's not always just respond to whoever gets there first. You can think, okay, well, I, I don't do that. I say, it, are they asking me to do something bad? And if not, well, then I'll do it. It's like, that's, that's not a good thing to do it either. Because you want to be wise. And, and with the priorities of life that God's given you, you know, how can you leverage that time best? And maybe it's like, you know, I've been so busy. I've been working, you know, busy, busy, busy. My wife's been working busy, busy, busy. We're, we're, you know, we're together a lot, we're doing stuff with the kids, but we're never really talking. So it's like, go on a date. Spend time with your spouse. Build the relationship. It's not gonna build itself. Build the relationship, invest in it. Give your best to your spouse. Or maybe you have a high schooler at home, and this is, I mean, they're a senior. And there's things that you want to talk about and spend time with and do this last year. And hey, you got some time on Friday, so who's ever asking you to, hey, do you have some time? Tell them no. And do something with your senior in high school. I mean, what's wise for you with your priorities of life? Because we have this disconnect about, okay, this is what I think is important in my life, and then this is what my calendar says is important in my life. And let's start matching them up. Let's start matching them up. Put time in your schedule and do what's wise. Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Be wise. And by the way, wisdom takes time. Uh, true wisdom um, isn't done in, in haste. But true wisdom uh, takes time to reflect. It takes time to think about priorities in life. It takes time about, what, you know, God, who do you want me to be? And then says, okay, I'm going to start maneuvering my life to be the person you want me to be. It means saying no to good things. Saying no to things you like. This is the hardest thing. But a realization I have is that um, I have more opportunities to do things I like and that I enjoy with people I like to be with than I have time to do all of them. 
I mean, that was a realization. It's like, I did a bunch of things I really enjoy doing, and I'm exhausted. I, want, I just went on vacation, and I want to come home and rest. I mean, so we got to look at ourselves and say, okay, um, what does margin look like? And that means I have to say no to things I like. Say no to good things. So that you can still enjoy good things, but you're going to really enjoy them. And then also enjoy the Lord and find rest for your soul and be able to invest in the relationships that you're saying are most important. All right, let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And I, I got to believe, um, let me just say something that's a little bit negative, but I've been doing this long enough to know it's usually what's happened. It, is sometimes we do something very practical and you know, like today and we think, uh, yeah, God has some stuff in here for me. And then we're driving home, and while we're driving home, we're thinking about it still and thinking, yeah, you know, that's, that's good. And then as we pull in the driveway, you think, you know what, I just thought about what was said on Sunday, and so I was, you know, really kind of working on what was said on Sunday, and so now I can check that off um, because I thought of it when I wasn't even in church. And so, okay, God, we're good. Um, now I got to get busy. And here's the deal. Um, in your life, if you don't have much margin, you're not going to tweak your life to get margin. You know, the drive home and thinking about it for a second is not going to do it. If you're thinking this, that there needs to be some changes, then take the time. You know, if, if this is rocking you a little bit, then, then just say, okay, I, where am I going to put this in my calendar where I can sit down and maybe re-listen to this or look at my notes and then look at my, my life and say, um, where am I lacking? Being the person that you want me to be, God. I say my spouse and my kids are the most important, and yet my calendar says, my work by far is more important. Where's my energy? Where's my efforts? Where are they going? Where's my margin being used up? What does that look like for you? So let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and just in this moment I ask you just to uh, settle that with God and settle in your calendar where you're going to take time to work on this. Father, today we're hearing from you that um, peace has a pace. And it's not the one that we're constantly thinking um, needs to be our life. Help us to expose lies. Help us to um, practice investing ourselves in the relationships you want us to invest with, starting with you. And Lord, may we, we find rest in you and then find clarity about what the rest of our life needs to look like. We thank you, Father, for um, just your practical wisdom to us today. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.